Still haven't closed a deal yet in your real estate business? Not even once. Then you have found the right place. You're a lifesaver. This is Let's go. the Fearless Millionaire Podcast, where you can gain clarity, confidence, cash flow, and build your business the right way from the inside out. Here's your fearless leader, Nathan Amaral. This is the Fearless Millionaire Podcast Show. Welcome to the Dark Mode episode. Yeah, that's right. I am actually recording this in the dark. It's I got my computer on dark mode, got my phone on dark mode. Everything is dark mode. As you might have known or heard that just yesterday, Apple released, is going to release, excuse me, dark mode for iOS, iPad OS, and everything else. There's gonna be dark mode coming in everywhere. So that's gonna be awesome and cool. Um, I tend to follow along. I actually always, when there is an Apple conference, whether it's WWDC or the uh, September event, I don't even know what they call that, Apple, the new products event, basically. Whenever Apple has an event, I block off two hours of my day to watch the conference. And uh, I absolutely love it. So no interruptions and I, I just watch the conference. It's like, it's better than a movie to me. So, uh, and this last release was really, really good. Uh, we talked about iOS uh, 13, 13 being the new software update. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Go check it out on the website, apple.com. You can see all the cool things that are going to be covered. Speaking of new things, in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about something that I've been doing recently. I'm actually on a week and a half now to what's called intermittent fasting. Have you ever heard of it? Intermittent fasting is basically uh, not a diet plan, but it's basically a way, it's like a lifestyle to the way you eat. So it's training your body to a lifestyle to the way you eat food. Um, Now, I'm just going to give you a brief summary, but you could definitely do your own due diligence on this and look this up and, and check it all out. But basically, here's what happened. There was one night I was I was just not feeling well, kind of like my normal routine. I'd eat, you know, whatever, lunch or dinner, and then I'd just feel completely bloated. Even though I would drink, you know, tons of water every day, um, I literally probably drink about 1.5 liters of water every day. And, um, and then I would just not feel good after every meal. So I always felt good after fasting, though. That's the unique thing. I always felt good after fasting. And I said to myself, you know what? I was, I was going to bed one night and I said, you know what? I seriously need to go on a fast or a cleanse or something like that. And I always feel better afterwards. So as I was doing that, I said, you know what? But in order for me to be committed to it, I need an app, right? Are you like that too? Like, do you need an app in order to track your life's progress? I know for me, I do. Like I need something where I can monitor my behavior, monitor my um, actions. And I went on to the Apple App Store and I went looking into the marketplace and I found, uh, I think I just typed in fasting and all of a sudden this one app came up and it was called Life Apps. And they have, I think, two apps that they're working with right now, but one of them is already in production and it's called Life Fasting. And it's basically all about intermittent fasting. 
And it's a very simple app. That's the beautiful thing about it. They do have a community. You can connect with people and share your progress and congratulate other people. But for me, I'm just not really into it that much. But um, one of the things, the resources I liked within the app uh, was that there's articles and videos about intermittent fasting and fasting for your life, what you can or shouldn't eat and all that kind of stuff, how to break your fast and how long should you go, but also down to the scientific level, which I'm not going to go into because I don't have a clue in detail of how to say most of the names um, that happens to your body other than ketosis. Like I learned that, uh, which I think a lot of people in the health, you know, if you've ever gone on a diet, you've probably heard of that before. Um, so it actually has this whole knowledge library and it'll take you to some YouTube videos and all that good stuff. So you can learn a lot too. And that was really helpful to me because I said, you know what, as I dedicate myself to doing this fasting, I need a little bit of education so that I can apply it along the way. The app is really simple and you can literally, uh, just, it's like a simple app. It's like a timer. It's basically all it is. Um, it's a glorified timer and you start and stop your fast just whenever you want. And it encourages you to move, uh, you know, to uh, increase your hours, you know? And so one of the things I'll just, I'm opening up the app right now and I'm just going to look at my progress that I've done. So I've been doing it now for about a week. And when I look at last week, first I started at 19 hours, um, the first day, and then I looked at 22 hours fasted, 19 hours, 21, 15, 19, well, that was 20 hours and then 18 hours. So I'm pretty much anywhere between an average probably of like 19 hours. Um, you know, longest, my longest fast was 23 hours. Uh, I did a total of nine fasts. And I've been 169 hours fasted and 61 hours in ketosis. So, yeah, that's exactly what it's going on. And you should definitely check it out um, if you've never tried fasting. Now, um, I highly recommend it. I've always recommended it because it just makes me feel good. That's that's the core part of it. it just makes you feel good. And I've always done this for like religious or spiritual reasons uh, on a once a month basis. But when I said, you know what, I always feel good, you know, after that day of fasting. Now I just feel like I'm taking it on a whole nother level. I'll tell you what though. Um, and I'm going to talk about the benefits of this here in just a second, but I'll tell you what, the first day I did it, those first, uh, 16 hours, I'll tell you what, I got a headache and I was, I, I just wasn't feeling good. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry and all this stuff. And you know, just the kind of, you know, hunger pains that people would get if they didn't eat on a, a regular, if you're, if you, if you were like me, what I would eat on a regular, like, you know, anywhere between six to eight hours, then you're definitely going to feel the hunger. You'd be like, okay, I'm getting hungry. Um, and so your body has built up a routine for that. That's basically what it is. You give your body habits, you know, and, and it, it just kind of craves the food at that particular time. And if you're bored, it works on even overtime. You start eating for no reason because you're bored and you're just like, ah, so I actually hate that boredom approach. And I tried to, uh, you know, stay away from that. But one of the most important things that I found myself doing during this fast, um, is reducing sugar that now that, that's kind of a tough one for me. Cause you know, I do like my Coca-Cola, but also, uh, you know, I, I like, I just, you know, I know I can tack on some sugars in different ways, whether it's sugary drinks and stuff like that. So, um, so the thing is, I, I wanted to scale back completely. So in the intermittent fasting and what they say in the app is like, listen, you can go as you know as long as you want into your intermittent fasting and then you, basically you have a six to eight hour window on average 
you can eat whatever you want, okay? So, but there's also a good process to break down your fast. So what I've been doing is I have been going on my however many hours, you know, average of 19 hours, and then I'll break that fast with a salad and chicken. And that's been working out really well. Uh, I really like the way I've been feeling after I eat. Um, it's only been a week and I know I've already lost weight. That I know for sure because there are these jeans that I typically wear like once a week and I already could tell like even, was it Monday? Yeah, it was like just the other day. I put on those jeans and they were super big and I'll, or they were decently big. I wasn't like super big like I dropped down three pant sizes or something, but uh, they were bigger than normal and I was like, whoa, like what just happened here? So um, one of the things uh, for me personally, I'd love to know what happens to you is me personally, like where do you lose fat first. You know, that's one thing I had to learn and research was where do you lose fat first? And that for me, it always happens in my legs, like in my thigh area. That's where I think I have the most muscle, um, especially from playing ice hockey. Um, and that tends to like go and go and come pretty quickly. And I know that's from my, definitely from training for hockey. So, uh, that's usually the fastest ones that, you know, the increase and decrease in weight loss. Uh, but my biggest thing was the gut, the gut health, right? So one of the biggest things I learned, and I don't know if you know this, and this is not a health episode. Okay. But I'm just going to say that I learned quite a bit about insulin and I pulled up a few YouTube videos and through the app as well, the life app that I've been using for fasting. I learned a little bit about insulin and how it works in the body and how it's a hormone and how it can, uh, how it acts and how it operates and what it enjoys and what keeps it and how to, how to like, what keeps it from building up your your gut? And I, I really didn't know that. Like I've heard of it, and you know, actually, my my grandfather actually uh, died from diabetes, and um, and and so I I knew just a little bit. That was a number of years ago. But when I really studied it for myself, I started saying, "Whoa, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna really reduce on sugars, like completely." And so I've done that. I've like really pulled back on sugar. And uh, I and I didn't think it was going to be hard. I know some people say, oh, that's too difficult. I can't do it. For me, it wasn't difficult because I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, I think if you pull back, I think if you pull back sugar immediately, um, just like without fasting, yeah, you might find like, oh, this food is bland or it doesn't taste good and that kind of stuff or my drinks, my coffee, my tea, whatever it is, it doesn't taste as good. Um, but you know what actually made me want to reduce the sugar was because of all the fasting I did. It was like I put in the work to get all that time in for fasting that I was like, I am not going to take sugar because I put in all that time into fasting. So I need to reduce, you know, I, I'm going to be mindful and not put all the sugar into my drinks, right? Or whatever I'm taking. So that is uh, one of the one of the biggest things that I've discovered. So now, um, you know, instead of drinking maybe like a Coke uh, every two days or a day or every three days, I've greatly reduced that probably down to like once a week, um, which is really good. And if you know me, I am definitely a Coke lover. By the way, not just a Coca-Cola drink lover, but a Coca-Cola company lover. And I have been for many, many years. I'll share that whole story on another episode. But the point of what I'm sharing with you today day is that intermittent fasting um, has, you know, when I was reading through a lot of the, um, you know, the, the knowledge articles and, and the videos and stuff, one of the biggest things it brings about is mental clarity. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> now, I know from 
I know from like religious and spiritual purposes, when you're fasting, like you, you pray and you know, you're looking for maybe answers or you're just trying to build that relationship and all that kind of stuff. Like you're, you're seeking that source for higher knowledge or answers to your prayers and that kind of stuff. So I understood that. But when I started reading from a non-religious standpoint about mental clarity, I was like, whoa, this really caught my attention because, you know, here at Fearless Millionaire, we're all about bringing clarity, confidence, and cash flow. And that stood out to me. I said, you know what? I'm not one to really talk about health or even actually operate in health. I mean, I am not like the gym goer, even though I've tried multiple times. Um, it's just not my thing. I said, I know I can do this fasting thing because for me, food is only something I would take when I'm not busy. Like, does that make sense? Like for me, food is something that I need when I'm like not busy or bored. Like that's just, cause if I'm working, I'm always going, I'll skip breakfast, I'll skip lunch. And I, I don't even think about it. I can go all day without eating, but now this is more mindful and tracking my fasting. And it was, you know, had a different approach. So when I started reading about this clarity concept on a non-religious uh, perspective, and it was like, it talks about bringing about mental clarity because, you know, food, um, while it's operating your body, your body is, you know, doing its thing. I'm going to keep it simple here because I'm no scientist, okay? And I'm no food nutritionist. But basically what's happening is your body starts operating a little bit differently or it starts like, you know, for example, your body starts eating away at its own fats, right? When there's a low insulin level, your body starts eating at its gut. And also you're, you're you know, when you're full, I mean, just let's think about that whole Thanksgiving dinner, right? When you think about Thanksgiving dinner, when everybody eats, and I'm just giving you the absolute extreme, maybe Thanksgiving dinner happens to you like every Sunday. <laughs> but the thing is, is like when you eat a big meal, you immediately just feel tired and sluggish and you just want to go to sleep and all that kind of stuff, right? It's just like that whole meal just like peels you out and you're just like done, right? So if you don't have food in your system and your body's not operating, then your body in a very layman's term way is now operating with a lot more clarity, okay, even mentally. And I know I'm not doing that any justice scientifically, <laughs> so you should definitely do your own research because I'm not here telling you that, um, you, you know, that this is scientific research in any way. But from what I've read and what I've been studying about intermittent fasting and fasting in general is that your mind is now just a lot more clear because you're more alert, you're more focused. Um, I, well, let me let me backtrack on that focus part. I would say in the first few days when you start fasting, you're not going to feel focused. I'll tell you that right now. Your body is so used to feeling that food and being sluggish and feeling full and all that kind of stuff that your body in the beginning is not going to be focused. It's just going to be focused on food. That's it. So when you start getting into the habit and routine of fasting, then your body will automatically, I mean, I was even reading things about DNA structure and HGH, human growth hormone. Um, I mean, it's just really powerful stuff. And we're talking when you start fasting for, you know, hours, Pat, like 24 hours and, you know, what is it, 50, 56 hours or something like that. When you start fasting beyond a day of fasting, uh, then you really start seeing some amazing results. Um, and we're not talking starvation, by the way. You got to you know make sure that this works for you and your body. 
But there is, uh, you know, from from what I was reading and studying, uh, especially within the Life app, is that there is actually, you know, DNA restructuring and a cell regeneration and human growth hormone uh, that's being rebuilt and activated into your body, which is really impressive. It's just amazing. Again, I am very new to learning about this stuff. All I know is what I can tell you right now is I'm about a week and a half in. Uh, to intermittent fasting. I'm not new to fasting, but intermittent fasting is something I am practicing and doing. And I know it takes about a month to, you know, make something a habit and to really like stick and it becomes a lifestyle. So I'm not even at that month part, but I'll tell you what, I've been more dedicated to intermittent fasting than I have been dedicated to a gym. <laughs> and actually, you know, by the, by all the money, now this is, okay, okay, let's talk money here, right? So we, we've, we've talked about clarity, right? That's the first part. We've talked about clarity. Now let's talk about confidence, right? How does this apply with confidence? Well, I'll tell you what. The way this has made me more confident is in my personal body look and feel. Like if you're if you're overweight and you feel overweight and you don't like the way you look, then that is going to impact your confidence. It's just how it is. It's going to impact your self-esteem, the way you see yourself, the way people see you, maybe other people's opinions are going to affect you, all that kind of stuff. And if you feel if you, if it bothers you the weight that you're at, then you're going to want to do something about it. Maybe you're like me, maybe you've tried all the different different exercises. I've tried the P90X. I've tried the 10 minute workout. I've tried the intensity and I've tried the gym memberships and I don't really like, I noticed for me, I don't really like that. There's two things that I really gravitated towards that I really, really enjoy. And that's one, I absolutely love running. There's just something that running does for me that just really um, just opens up my mind and makes me feel so much better. I mean, if I could be on the ice every day, that would be my running. That would be my epitome of running every day. Um, and, and and I think hopefully one day I could get back to that. You know, and unfortunately here in Uganda there is no ice skating rinks, but um, um, but not even in Portugal. But you know, hopefully in the future, um, you know, my lifestyle could bring back the ice hockey days that I do miss. That that was my favorite form. Of, uh, of exercise back in the day. Um, and so running today for me is something that I really enjoy and I'm addicted to. Um, however, I don't always run every day. That's another thing. Like I, I don't run every day. Sometimes I just run upstairs. I'll run up two and three flights of stairs. That's about five flights. So that's times two, that's 10. So sometimes I'll do that, but it's because I enjoy it. Another thing I've enjoyed now is this intermittent fasting. So when it comes to that, find something you enjoy, of course, and just stick to it, right? It's that stick to itiveness where you just say, I'm going to commit to this and this is all I'm going to do and I'm going to get results from this. You know, there's many different ways. Like I always say in real estate, there's many different ways you can skin this fish we call real estate investing. It's just a matter of sticking to one way to do it and continue to stick to it and get those results and don't give up. Most people give up halfway through or a quarter way, and I've been there too in certain areas of my life. But once you stick with it and you enjoy the method, if you enjoy the method, you just gotta stick with it and not give up. You just gotta keep plugging along and you will actually even eventually find the method that you really enjoy. And uh, so, yeah, so those are the two that I enjoy. And when it comes to confidence, um, you know, definitely when you feel better, if you feel lighter, I know me personally, after a meal, I don't, um, I've reduced my portions. I make sure I'm not eating so much because I'll tell you what, you know, 
Here's a little secret about me. I mean, if you and I went out for lunch, right? I could actually order my food, I could clean up my plate, and I could probably finish off whatever was left on your plate. Like literally, that's how much I could eat. I could probably eat like a plate and a half of food. And I would have no problem doing that. And I actually, in my mind, after I was done eating, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm full. I wouldn't feel like, oh my God, I can't move. Not like that Thanksgiving dinner, but I would just feel like, yeah, okay, I just ate. If I just ate one plate of food, I'd just be like, eh, that wasn't so filling. (laughs) So what I've learned, especially with intermittent fasting, is that now I've reduced my portions and maybe if I go out to lunch and a business lunch or something like that, what I'll do is they'll order their food or I'll say, hey, can we split a plate or something like that, right? Um, Or, hey, I'm just going to get this little small thing. And that, again, goes right back to the part of I'm trying to be committed to all the hours I put in fasting because if you if you spend all that time and energy, right? It's like for example, if you spent like three hours in the gym running and lifting weights and all that stuff, and then all of a sudden you just walk over to the burger joint and you just buy a big greasy burger and fries, then what did you just do? Like you just wasted all your time, effort, and energy into the gym, right? It was just like a waste. And so that's how I feel even with you know eating portions and also um, with all the time put into fasting. It's like, well, that would just be a waste. So those are another thing that I've uh, been mindful about is portion control and portion sizes. So that's another thing. Again, this is very new for me, by the way. This is only a year, uh, a week and a half for intermittent fasting, um, but it's definitely something that I really enjoy. Okay, so now cash flow. How does this impact with cash flow? Well, okay, so the only thing that this is going to do, it's very simple, is, well, if you're spending, you're not eating as much, so you're spending less on food. So what do you do? Well, let me tell you something. In my faith and what I practice is every month we, uh, we fast once a month, okay? Uh, of course, you can fast more than once. You can fast as often as you want. Of course, it's up to you. But as a as a general practice in my faith, we uh, as a general com- as a general congregation as a community, what we do is we all know and believe that we fast the first Sunday of every month, and then we take the money that we would have spent on that food, right, so for the entire day or for how many hours, however many meals you would typically eat during that day. You would take the money and you would contribute that money um, to whether it you know to to a fund or back into the church or um, to to something that your you know you feel your heart feels led to do. Okay, so that is something that um, that is a common practice in my faith. Uh, so when it comes to cash flow, <laughs> if you're not eating like. 16 hours or 24 hours or 48 hours, guess what? Guess what? You are saving a boatload of money. Well, let's just do the math, right? Let's just do the math. Um, now, I know the average person, if you have never done the math before, the average person probably spends about 400 US dollars a month on eating out. Uh, and if you don't believe me, um, just kind of do the math yourself. Um, let's just pretend you go and grab, you eat out for breakfast, okay? If you go grab food on the go, um, you know, America runs on Dunkin', maybe that's costing you around six bucks. You know, um, all right, let's just keep it even. Let's just keep it five. I think it's usually six, but let's just say five. So $5 for breakfast, and then you have lunch. So maybe your lunch is lunch with colleagues or whatever. That could be anywhere between eight to maybe as $12. I'm going to keep it on the low end. I'm just going to say eight. That's 13. Maybe you eat dinner at home, but I'm just going to say on average, okay, 13 times um 
Okay, so if we took just the regular work week, right? 13 times five, that's it. That's $65. If I times that by four, we're already at 260. Now, I think those numbers are a bit low because most people, I think, spend a lot more than that. I know personally, I'll tell you what, when years ago when I was like not caring about money and I was like making a lot of money, I would eat at an, uh, a diner every morning for breakfast. That omelet that I would eat every morning was costing me about, I think, $10 on average, depending on what I had. So that's just for that's just for breakfast. That was $10 for breakfast. Then I would have lunch at maybe like a Chinese restaurant or something like that. I'm gonna add another average of $10, because sometimes that could be seven, sometimes it could be 12. So that's just another $10, that's $20 a day. And if I didn't eat dinner out, um, which at the time I wasn't, I'm just going to add another $10, $30 a day. Okay. If I was to times that by a regular five day work week, that's $150 a week. And I'm going to times that just by four, that's $600 a month just on eating out and food. Let me tell you something that was me. No problemo. I would do that every day when I was working up in Boston. Cause I typically wouldn't make food at home to go, uh, you know, to go bring it with me. I would eat out three times a day. That was my lifestyle. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. When I worked in Rhode Island and I worked up in Boston, um, yeah, don't get me wrong. The, you know, Hey, I was making more money, but again, that's spending a whole lot of money too. And if now with fasting, <laughs> you don't have to be spending as much money. So you could actually take that money. Now just think about this. Okay. Let's just say $500 a month. Let's just say $500 a month. Let's just say you saved five. You, you do your own math, but let's just say for this example, it's $500 a month that you save. If you were to times that by 12, that's $6,000 a year. What I'm saying is if you were to just make intermittent fasting a part of your life, you know, all the time, you know, on a regular basis, think of how much money you would save. Think of how much money you could put aside every year. This $6,000, that's like, oh my gosh, I, you know, that's round trip tickets plus, you know, maybe two weeks somewhere in Italy, whatever, whatever, I don't know, you figure it out. But that's just a heck of a lot of money. You know, food is probably one of the most expenses, the highest expenses that people have, right? So we have, you know, we have, uh, you know, homes, uh, mortgage or rent, and you have car payments, you have insurance, and then you have like food, right? You, everybody's got to eat. So it is a big, uh, it is a big expense, and of course we need it. So if you were to take something like, you know, um, I'm just going to use a simple uh, app right now. I'm not saying I, uh, you know, recommend this all the time, but it's not always the best strategy. But even if you took like a simple savings app like Acorns or iBillionaire or Stash, something that automatically withdraws the money out of your account and then puts it into. A, like a, either a savings or an IRA or some kind of investment portfolio, all right? So let's just imagine if instead of you eating every day and you would spend $10 a day, right? Just eating out, just your normal routine. You do the math, figure it out. So if you spent $10 every day, that's $50 a week just eating out. If you took and you set up on one of these apps, whether it was Acorns, iBillionaire, Stash, whatever it is for you, and you would have just withdraw $10 a day, you know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? If you were to just withdraw $10 a day or if you were to do it five days a week, however you live your life, that's $50 a week. If you were to withdraw $50 every week out of your account, that's $200 a month on the average four-week four, you know, four, uh, four month, right? So you add that up. 
And that's a whole boatload of money. That money adds up over time and time again. These are just, that's just simple ideas. I call that automatic cash flow, right? That's automatic savings, automatic cash flow. And you know, years ago, I remember because I got into finance and I got into money in, you know, all this thing about real estate. I got into it at, a, I think, a very young age. You know, I was introduced to this, you know, the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I think at the age of 17. And when I got introduced to that book and, and when I got introduced to like, you know, um, cash flow and money and how money works, I remember, I remember I was 17 and a half and I was reading Rick Eidelman's book on, I think it's called The Truth About Money. Don't get me on the title, but it's definitely Rick Eidelman. I'll never forget it. And I understood money in a whole nother way. Um, and, and anyway, so my point of what I'm sharing this with you is that years ago, we didn't have these apps and tools where you could automatically withdraw money. You actually had to go to a brokerage house like Charles Schwab or Fidelity or E-Trade or whatever, whatever, right? You had to go open up one of these you know, uh, brokerage accounts and you would have to tell them to ACH to automatic withdraw out of your paycheck and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's definitely still there and doable. But today you have all these other apps that do it automatically out of your you know, out of your accounts, right? And so you could do it as an IRA, you could do it as a self-directed, you could do it as a Roth, you can do it as a uh, SEP, you can do it all different ways. Uh, believe me, with technology, they've made it so much easier to save and they've taken out the middleman, which is the broker, right? <laughs> Stick it out the middleman and they've put the power into the consumer's hands and they've democratized you know, savings and investing. And that's the power that you have. You have the power to create your own cash flow. And, you know, I always like to show people this. I don't like to like, you know, you know, I always tell people don't come and find me when I'm like 70 years old, because like I look at my Acorns account and I think at the age of 70, I have like a $6.5 million net worth based on their projections. Nothing's guaranteed, all that kind of stuff. Right. But, you know, when you start looking at those numbers and you start investing, at first it feels really, really, small. You're like, okay, what is my $50 a week going to do? You know, what is that? $200 a month. But you know what? After the first year and after the second year, that number goes from 4,000 to 6,000 to 10,000 to 20,000, 30, 50, 60. And all of a sudden, by the time 10 years go by, you're like, damn, I got like $200,000 here, right? So as time goes by, compound not only interest, but how about compounding time? As time goes by, you start seeing like, wow, I really am glad I did something. I really glad I put some money aside. So I know there's a lot of people that believe out there. Unfortunately, there's people that believe out there that, you know, hey, um, I don't need to save for a rainy day. Who knows where life's going to take me? I could die tomorrow. I could get hit by a bus and all that stuff. That's you're very right. And there's no no one's going to know when we're past, when we're when we're clocking out of this world, right? So the reality is, yes, that's true. But don't be a fool and not plan for tomorrow. Don't be a fool and not you know, seek counsel for financial guidance. Don't be a fool and not plan for a rainy day. Don't expect to rely on social security to be there for you and protect you and hold you. Don't wait for any family, family, family inheritance to um, sustain you for the rest of your life. That only causes aggravation. Just learn how to be self-sufficient. Learn how to manage your not only health, but not only manage your, your finances and your relationships, but learn how to be self-sufficient in this world. And so that you don't just live for today, but you build and you build yourself for a future for tomorrow. And there's also, I think personally, 
um, a great feeling that you have when you actually can pass something on. I know most people would feel like, you know, if they pass on a necklace or they pass on a ring or they pass on whatever, something of value. I know, I remember a time where my grandmother passed away and, uh, you know, they were kind of like going through the house and what do you want, you know, grandkids and sons and, you know, what do you want? What do you want? And actually there was only one thing that I wanted and it was a blanket. <laughs> it was the blanket that my grandmother always used when I would stay over her house. She'd always pull it out of the closet and it would always have this smell and, uh, she'd always wrap, you know, throw it on me and wrap me up in it. And, uh, and, and that's just something that stuck with me. And, you know, um, you know, I remember something that my grandmother was saying, uh, you know, she was speaking in Portuguese. We're at a table. I remember my I think it was me, my dad, and my grandmother were there, and she was sharing something. She started crying, and she started crying because she was saying that I wish I had more to give you uh, before I die. I wish your dad or I, you know, uh, my grandfather or her. She said, "I wish I had more to give you, you know, before I pass on." You know, um, and that just stuck with me. It was something that stuck with me that said, "You know what?" Um, and actually, I, I just like kind of had my first child around that time. And I was thinking to myself, like, man, I don't want to be in that position where all I have to give my daughter is a blanket. No offense to my grandmother. I mean, I love the blanket. I still have that blanket that she gave me. But um, I wanted to give so much more. Like, yes, I could use a blanket when I'm cold. But I, for my children, I have already set them up to have properties um, to pass on to them because that will create cash flow for their life. It's I want my children to walk into cash flow and to learn how to manage, how to build wealth and how to sustain their life and their children's children's life through cash flow. And that's something that I actually not only just want, it's actually something I study. And I want to make a point to that. As we close this episode, it's something I study, not something I wish and dream about, not something I watch a video about, but I literally study generational wealth. I have studied how do some of the most wealthiest families pass on their wealth from fam- from generation to generation to generation. And there's actually... There's actually a line in one of my uh, a hip hop song that I really enjoy, and he says this quote, and he says, "My daughter's daughter is already rich." And when I heard that quote a number of years ago, it was kind of around the same time my grandmother was passing away. And when he said, "My daughter's daughter is already rich," to me, again in my mind was that generational wealth, and it's setting up no matter no matter how old you are, is setting up yourself for self reliance and your future, your legacy, that you are leaving and passing on wealth to your the next generation, to your family members, your sons, your daughters beyond you. And now look, I'm on my third child. My son was just recently born, and um, that uh, even more has played into my mind because now I look at like okay, you know, my daughters, uh, you know, will get married, they'll have their partners and they may build something together and stuff like that. But now I look at my son and I'm thinking, okay, well, this guy right here, <laughs> he's going to be the manager, <laughs> right? So um, so the, the, just keep in mind that you want to um, not only build for yourself right now, temporally, like short term, but also think about the future. Just think of what it's going to be like when you can build enough wealth, enough passive income, where you don't have to worry about your monthly expenses, that you can actually 
actually write a check to maybe someone who's in need, someone who's in a bad situation, a church or a charity. Maybe there's something that someone's trying to build a house and you could just say, here you go. Boom, there it is, right? Whatever it is. You know, I actually love the fact that now, of course, we don't do this all the time, but, uh, you know, it, it, we also, you know, uh, we, what do I want to say, regulate? I don't know if that's the right word, but we sift and sort. Let's just use sift and sort. In my family, we sift and sort who we're helping and how is it going to benefit them and is it going to improve their lives? So, you know, from different things, whether it's from housing or from tools and technology, if I helped someone go to school to pay tuition fees, to get someone better educated in their life, whatever it is, but to have the financial capacity to do that um, it again, it takes discipline, and that's kind of like the, like you know, the underlining foundation of this entire episode is discipline. Being disciplined not only in fasting, but also discipline in your cash flow uh, and what you do with the income that you're given. So, with all that being said, and continually still in the dark, by the way, I am still in the dark. <laughs> um, and I just want to thank you for being a part of this show. And I hope you took something of value and you apply it into your life. And if you like this episode, let me know. Give this a thumbs up, a like, shoot me an email, uh, whatever you need to do. And let us know here. Send us a message, right? I think you can send a message as well. Let me know here on the show that um, that you have enjoyed the episode. You can also get over to our YouTube channel where we have actually, we also just started an intermittent fasting uh, playlist. So you can actually subscribe to our YouTube channel get over there, subscribe to a YouTube channel and check out the intimate fasting playlist. I'm going to be uploading weekly. I thought about doing it daily, but that's just too much. So I'm going to up, I'm going to update it a weekly vlog on the playlist of intimate fasting. You can check that out. And there's also other resources on there about, you know, gaining clarity, confidence, and cash flow. This has been another episode of the fearless millionaire podcast. And I thank you so much for joining in and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the fear Millionaire Podcast. Like the show? Let us know by liking and sharing. Be sure to check out our website at fearless-millionaire.com for more clarity, confidence, and cash flow.